0: Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we can come into your presence as your word says boldly to find grace to help in a time of need. And Father God, we always need you. Without you, we can do nothing, your word says. And so, as we come into your presence this morning, we acknowledge our neediness and we acknowledge that we are looking to you to give us direction to be ultimately the teacher of your word this morning. We pray that you would use me as an instrument. I pray that self would be removed from this message and only your will and your word would go forth. May your purpose and your plan for this service and this time be accomplished and may you be glorified in it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of James. And as we said some time ago, we are going to be going through the book of James, and this Sunday we are going to continue. We have looked at James chapter 1 as an introduction, and this morning we want to look at James chapter 1, verse 1 last time, and verse 2 through 4 this time. And the topic for this morning is, let trials do their work. The picture you see on the screen is a oh, let me ask a question. Does anyone know what that is? Oh, Look, it. It's for, it's for smelting. What's there's a word that begins with a C. Oh, Cupcake. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, okay. That is a crucible. And you know what a crucible is for? Okay, let me explain what a crucible is for. A Crucible was used as a container that was able to take extreme heat. It's used to heat metals and other types of um, elements. But in this particular case, it is a crucible used for heating a metal. This morning, as I said, the topic is let trials do their work. And I compare trials to a crucible. And a crucible has to contain a lot of heat. And the purpose of that heat is to first of all melt, but in some cases it's for the purpose of extracting impurities, preparing the metal for use. In some cases it's to be used for strengthening the metal, depending on the process you take the metal through. This morning we're going to look at trials. I'm going to look at it from the perspective of James chapter one, verse two through four. The, the text reads as follows. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and that endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. This morning, I want to thank the leadership for this opportunity to share with you, but as I prepared for this message, I asked myself this question. Based on what I was studying, I wondered would the Lord had in store for me after this message. This was a challenging message, especially in terms of its presentation, knowing some of the challenges individuals are going through in Calvary Bible Church. But my prayer is that God's word would shine forth and that we would see it for what it is. And then live accordingly. If there's one thing I can say that has stood out during my study of James, it is the importance of demonstration. People need to see that we believe what we say we believe. We need to show the world the difference that Christ has made in our lives. When we became believers, we don't continue to live like we used to. We have been transformed and are continuing in the process of transformation. And that transformation should be seen and should be evidenced in our lives. The Bible was not just written for us to get to heaven, it's not our ticket. That's not its only purpose. When you accepted Christ, Yes, you are now on your way to heaven when he comes or calls, you will be with him. But the Bible is also an instruction manual. And James is one of those books that challenges us to live what we believe. It's an instruction manual, one of the instruction manuals for believers. The last study we did was in Titus. And that was another instruction manual. It told us, this is what we believe now if this is what we believe then what should we do and that is always my challenge to us here the incredible body of Christ gathered here at Calvary Bible Church not to just be hearers of the word but doers one of the texts that James highlights not just to be people of faith but let our works demonstrate our faith. Don't just talk it. We need to live it. And I will say time and time again, one thing that Calvary cannot say is that we don't know what the Word of God says. It has been expounded consistently and continually from this pulpit. So we know the truth. But the question And the challenge I put forward to us this morning is this. Are we living the truth that we know? When people look at our lives, can they see a distinct difference that has occurred? Can they see the process that is going on in our lives from grace to grace? Can they see this continuance as we spend time in God's word, as we develop our relationship with him, as we grow and mature in the faith. Can they see that? Evidenced, demonstrated, lived out. James was written by the brother of Jesus. He was the leader of the Jerusalem church and it was written to Jewish Christians. And it says in verse one and two that they were the 12 tribes, He called them brethren. These tribes were scattered for for whatever reason but these individuals were all over. And this book was written not just to one individual but to these churches that were scattered. And he set it out. And the thing that I find amazing and one point they raise is that James introduces himself. This is who I am. This is who I'm writing to. Then the very next verse, James just says, let's get down to business. Consider it, joy. The letter was written to address the challenges and the issues that were occurring in the various assemblies, according to James 2.2. Some of the challenges and topics that were covered in the book include trials and temptation, being a doer and not a hearer, religion, personal favoritism, faith and works, the tone, Wisdom and the difference between earthly and wisdom that is from above. He talks about quarrels and conflicts that occur among you. He talks about suffering. And he also covers the topic of prayer. James is written in an interesting style. And when you read the book of James, sometimes it can be difficult. As I was studying, some commentators speak very negatively about James, about his layout, about his content. It's hard to understand. You don't know where James is coming from. But if that's God's word, I'm quite sure God expects us to understand. And it's written for us to do so. But it's written in a way, it's like the Proverbs of the New Testament. He makes a statement, then he gives an example or description or tells a story to explain. So as you read through the book of James, you have to look for those statements and then understand he's going to elaborate on those statements. It says, James is a book of action. In the 108 verses in James, there are 50 imperatives, 50 commands. So all through James, James is telling you, do, act, be, live, command. James is telling them, listen, I understand your circumstances, I understand your situation, but this is how you're supposed to live. Yes, I know it's difficult, I know it's challenging but this is how you're supposed to live. Yes, I know you're being tempted, you're being tried, you have all these issues you're going through, yes, but this is how you're supposed to live. We here at Calvary have all kinds of challenges. We have all kinds of trials we're going through. But the reality is no matter what the situation, God's word tells us there is a certain way we got to live. And our actions should be according to God's word, not according to the circumstances. Not according to our feelings, not according to our attitude, but according to the principles in God's Word. We're going to look at our study as we continue. James chapter 1 verse 2. He says, consider it all joy, my brethren. So he's talking to us. When you encounter various trials, the term consider or count, it's an accounting term. It's the same term Paul uses in Philippians 3, verse 8, where he says, More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them, but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ. You are to evaluate Consider, regard, and this word says you to do it once and for all. Regard, consider, consider it all joy, complete joy when you fall into, when you are encompassed. And this idea is that these individuals were in the midst of trials. It was all around them. He said, count it joy when you fall into various All kinds of trials, many colored, various different varieties. And these trials, we are to count it, count it a joy. When I look at that verse, and I was preparing for this message, I sat down and I thought about my brother Lou when I said, How do you count it Joy some of the trials that he may have been referencing in in this case was maybe death how do you count it joy disease accidents pain and suffering disappointments with with your children disappointments at at school you didn't get into the college disappointments on the job you didn't get hired disappointments in your marriage Maybe you thought you were going to marry this individual and things didn't work out. Suffering, temptations, challenges on the job. Maybe you have difficulty with your boss. Difficulty in your marriage. Maybe you and your wife or husband aren't getting along. Difficulty in Calvary. Maybe you have some challenges or trials or testings with individuals or situations in this assembly. How am I able to count it, joy? An author explains it like this. James is not ordering an all-encompassing joyful emotion during severe trials. In other words, during trials, James isn't expecting you to jump up and down and be excited about trials nor is he demanding that this that his readers must enjoy their trials you don't sit there when trials come oh i love suffering i enjoy being beaten i enjoy my boss treating me this way i enjoy what's happening with my wife and children or that trials are joy so he knew as did the writer of hebrews that no discipline seems pleasant at the time but painful James is not commanding that we exalt upon hearing that our career position has been given to our secretary or that the neighbor's children have leukemia. Do you think that would be something you should be excited about? Or that one spouse is adulterous. Rather James is commending the conscious embrace of a Christian understanding of life which brings joy into trials that come because of our Christianity. James says, consider it pure joy, which means to make a deliberate, careful decision to experience joy even in times of trouble. So when trials come, you don't get excited, but you realize, and as the the next verse says, when you realize, what's going on. When you realize that our God is not bringing trials or allowing trials in your life to bring you down, to destroy you, to hurt you, to make you suffer. But He has a good purpose because He is a good God. But you have chosen that even in the midst of this situation, I choose to be joyful because I know I know what's happening. I know who's with me. I know as a believer what is going on around me. I know that my heavenly father has a purpose in the midst of it. He says, he counts it joy. I paraphrase it this way, and you may see it on the screen. When, not if, it says when, because trials will come. And by the way, if you're not experiencing any trials, when you go home today, BC may help you with that. I shouldn't say that. Nathan, you recorded that? But, if you're not experiencing any, trust me, they're on their way. But it says, as a Christian, when, not if, we fall among and are encompassed about with tests and challenges, we must count it as an occasion of joy and delight. And you ask yourself the question, why? Why would I count it joy? Why would I see this as an occasion of delight? Why? And the world has a totally different perspective. As I said to you earlier, when I looked at this, this is a hard statement to make. Especially bearing in mind what individuals are going through. But the text continues. James 1 verse 3 says, Why are we to do it? Because we know, we know that the testing of our faith produces God isn't allowing things in our life just to allow it. God always has a plan. And the purpose for trials is that we may know, we may understand, we may perceive, we may have the knowledge. We know, we know that the testing, the proving, the crucible... That trial has a purpose. And the purpose, according to the text, is to produce endurance. That word, testing, is only used twice in the New Testament. It's used in James chapter 1, verse 3. But it's also used in 1 Peter 1, 7, where he says, So the proof, the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When you go through that fire, and you come through as pure gold, giving honor and glory to God. People are able to see how was he able, in the middle of that situation, to do that? It's not I, but Christ that liveth in me. How was he able to bear up under that burden? And because you, you see, you've got to understand, that is what the word says. It says that the proving of your faith, that crucible of your faith and belief produces, it brings about, it results in endurance, patience. The bearing up under, perseverance, maintaining Christian faith through trying times of life. It literally means to remain under and to stay put under. It has the idea of remaining firm under test and trials. It is better translated endurance or steadfastness. It speaks to the ability to take a great deal of punishment from evil people or circumstances without losing one's temper, without becoming irritated and angry, or without taking vengeance. It includes the capacity to bear pain or trials without complaint, to forbear under severe provocation, and to have the self-control that keeps one from acting rashly, even though suffering adversity or opposition." The purpose of trials is to give us that endurance, the patience to stay under. When that pressure comes, God gives us that strength. That trial produces in us the ability to bear the burden, to stay under that adversity in spite of the circumstances. And if we allow it to, that endurance, according to James chapter 4, does even more. It says in verse 4, the trying of your faith produces endurance. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And you must let endurance have its perfect result. So that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. When I paraphrase verse three and, and 2 and 3 together, it says, When, not if, we fall among and are encompassed about with tests and challenges, we must count it as an occasion of joy and delight because we understand and perceive and recognize that the proving of the crucible of our beliefs and convictions in God bring about patience and the ability to remain firm under tests or trials. The trying of our faith worketh patience. I can stay under. I can be in that relationship. I can bear and I can take it because that trial has worked in me, has produced endurance. I could take it on that job. I can take it in this situation. I can take it. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I can take But now James says, what are you going to do? The next verse says, let endurance have its perfect result. The word let is a command. This is not to allow. Let me think of let Let me think of I can let him go. I allow him to leave. The let in this text is a command. It is a command to be carried out by you and I. And it is to be done now. You are commanded to let the process continue. Let endurance have its perfect work. You know that means that we can circumvent, short-circuit the process. We can choose to come out from under. We can choose to respond unbiblically. And as a result, the process that is to occur does not go to completion. Let endurance have its perfect work. The word perfect is the word teleos. Sounds familiar? Perfect, complete, mature, fully realized, successful. Let endurance fully realize its work. So that you may be what? Perfect. again the same word yes mature complete let endurance do its work once again so that you may be the word is uh, you get to English again the subjunctive mood it's a mood of possibility or potential the action may occur depending upon the circumstances So you and I can choose or determine whether or not the process continues. Our choice. To be perfect. To be mature. Fully developed. Let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect. Complete. Fully grown. So the word does not mean perfect in the sense of becoming a perfect person. Because none of us are going to be perfect. It has to do with an end, an aim, a goal, the purpose. The purpose is to be mature, fully developed, fully grown. It doesn't mean a perfection of character to be without sin. It is a fitness, a maturity for task and purpose. The full development of mature godliness. If we allow it to do its work, we will be mature, moving consistently toward the place of maturity. If we allow it to continue to do its work, we will move toward a place of completeness, where we are fully developed, whole, fit, sound, no weaknesses, no flaws, no defects, no shortcomings, no wanting. Imagine that. If we allow endurance, the trials that we go through that produce endurance, that ability to bear under, and if we continue to allow that process to continue, it says that we will become mature. We will learn. We will grow. We will become strong, understanding as we go through trials, And situations, seeing the hand of God, recognizing Him, strengthening us and bringing us through, we will mature in the faith. We will become stronger, purer, more like Jesus, complete, fit, if we allow the process. Believers, the choice is up to us. And finally, lack, nothing. To be deficient or fall short in nothing. My paraphrase, when or not if we fall among and are encompassed about with tests and challenges, We must count it as an occasion of joy and delight because we understand and perceive, we recognize that the proving crucible of our beliefs and convictions in God bring about patience and the ability to remain firm under tests and trials. And we are commanded to allow patience to complete its work. If we want to be mature, fully developed, with no weaknesses or defects, having everything we need. Now when we look at trials differently, when we look at it as something to run away from, because that's what we, most of the times we do. When a situation arises, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to go through that. I don't see why I have to handle that. Lord, take it away from me. Lord, I don't want it. Lord, I can't handle it. What do you mean you can't handle it? You can't, or you won't. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe God would send a trial your way that he knew you couldn't handle? Do you believe God would Allow a test. I mean, he even says, when it comes to temptation, there has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is what? Faithful. He will not allow what? Allow you to suffer beyond which ye are able. But not just that. He will also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. And we can bear it. And if we allow and we bear, you will be mature, fully developed saints for God's honor and glory. If you let the crucible of trials continue its work, you will see the mature product without flaws and in need of nothing, but don't sabotage the process. Allow trials to do their work for your good and for his glory.
1: Life. all your mercies in disguise.
0: Father, again we thank you that you have a purpose in it all. We pray that we would submit to your authority, to your will, and we would, Father God, follow your word, be doers of your word, and not hearers only. May you receive glory out of the lives that are going to be lived by the incredible body of Christ here at Calvary Church. This country is going to be impacted as they see the Christians, the believers at this assembly, living what they believe. And Father God, when they see our good works, they will glorify our Father who is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.